You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. everybody welcome back to another episode of oh my god i was about to say schnitt talk that's not what this is welcome back to another episode of late night drive my name is ellie i'm your host i'm your driver i'm happy you're here i hope you had a great week but if you didn't this is the place to be i sounded really excited about you not having a good week and i i want you to know I want you to know that I I don't want you to have a bad week, obviously. I want you to have a great week. But if you do have a bad week, this is a great place to unpack about it. Um, Happy Tuesday. This has been a really interesting week. (laughs) I have a great weekend update. But first I want to know, did you treat yourself this week? Did you buy yourself a little little thingamajig, a little present, a little trinket? Was it a fun weekend? Yeah, how are we doing on this fine, fine Tuesday? I'm I'm doing really well. I'm in a really good mood. My fucking ay. My period finally passed and I no longer feel like a lunatic. <laughs> like <laughs> I uh ever since I started taking birth control, it's been like lunatic hours when I'm PMSing. I've talked to you guys about PMDD before. It's not the same as that. It's not the same as when I used to truly be depressed for 14 days before my period. That fucking sucked but I have been it's more like two days before my period I literally feel like the world is ending (laughs) I feel like a piece of shit and so now that it's finally passed I am in such a good mood also totally could be the sun yo have you heard the sun makes you feel better (laughs) because I yeah no it's like I knew that but then you don't really know it until you know it I sat in the sun yesterday yesterday yeah yesterday with a bunch of friends I literally didn't drink because I felt like I was on my deathbed for reasons that we'll discuss and it was so lovely if you have the opportunity to if you have the opportunity to sit in a park if it's good weather where you are 10 out of 10 I do recommend it just a little girly time we had some fresh fruit my friend's boyfriend brought us fruit and it was like this is what men are truly for if (laughs) if they have one calling in life It is to bring beautiful women a platter of fresh fruit and then leave. Just kidding. I really like him. He could have, he absolutely could have stayed. Big fan. But it was really good fruit. Nothing like some really fresh mango. Um, So today is Sunday. I'm doing a Sunday record again. This week I'm not hormonal or hungover. So it should be, (laughs) should be a jolly good episode. And I want to tell you my weekend update, which is that I, let me think, is there anything else I need to cover before this? No, I went on a date. I went on a date and it was so interesting and there's so much to unpack. And like a lot of the episode is just going to be unpacking the various parts of this date and how we can like use it as a great example going forward of like just, I mean, 
boundaries and communication and like everything that we really wanted to talk about this week, like it's here because this date was just so interesting. So first of all, let's just cover the basics here. Friday night, which is great. I always feel like when I get asked out on a Friday night, it's like, oh, you're really like committing to the bit here, you know? Like a weekday first date is like, this kind of makes sense to me. A weekend first date, it's like, ooh, ooh, okay. And he was uh, such a gentleman, but like almost in a way that I thought it was weird. <laughs> I, 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 This is going to sound really strange to people who don't live in New York City or like a walkable city because I texted it to a bunch of my friends. Like I, te- I sent his text to a bunch of my friends and the ones who lived here were like, what the fuck? And the ones who didn't live here were like, yeah, that's normal. So he texted me being like, give me your address. Like, so I'll, I'll pick you up. And I was like, pick me up. Like in a car. Like I have never in my life not met somebody somewhere on a date. I thought it was very weird. I mean, it was it was lovely. It was like a lovely walk. It was like very uh, respectful. But I do feel like that's like that's like third date behavior. It's kind of boyfriend behavior to like walk me to the date instead of just meeting at the date. I don't know. I, I know that that's like a dumb thing to nitpick on. But I was kind of just like, that's weird. But it was nice. It was nice. It was really nice. Really easy to talk to. Really communicative. I had a lot of fun on this date. But I tried sushi for the first time like a week ago and thank God because he was like, do you want to get sushi? And like, I know that this is insane. Like I'm aware that this is one of those batshit crazy things that I, it, it should not matter. It like, sh- it's like a dumb fucking thing. But in my head, I was like, okay, the first thing I say to this person cannot be me being picky. So I just said, yes, I like su- Like, yeah, like let's get sushi. Because I didn't want him to be like, oh, not that I think he would ever have been like, oh, she's like so picky for not liking sushi. But I don't know. In my head, I was like, got to say yes. Can't can't say no. Got to say yes. Went to a really nice sushi place. Um, I tried butterfish. Very good. If if you are ever in the market. And then we just like got a drink at this really cool bar. Actually, if you're ever in New York and you want like a really cool speakeasy bar experience go to Attaboy it's on the Lower East Side it's it's a speakeasy and then there's like no drinks menu uh, you just tell the bartenders like what you like and they make you a drink based on that and it was one of the best drinks I've ever had obviously I said gin I said cucumber I said kind of fresh herby not too sweet not carbonated and they made it and it was perfect and I loved it really fun uh, and and then and then and then <laughs> oh my god I'm so awkward about this I don't know why and then we went home together and it was great he didn't sleep over which is also great because I was really tired I mean this in the nicest possible way I like cannot sleep next to somebody for the first time and I knew I really needed to sleep because I had plans on Saturday I didn't want to be like but either way we were up till like four in the morning um but let's unpack some of this two things that he did that I thought were so refreshing and so great I mean I mean, I don't even know the last time I went on a date and was like, that was refreshing. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever gone on a date and been like, that was refreshing. But it was. That's kind of the best way to describe it. So one thing that he did that I I thought was really great, and it leads into the other thing he did was really great, was like he was very upfront, like very, how do I put this, Uh, really clear about saying what he was looking for and what he wanted and what he, you know, what he was looking for in terms of dating off the bat, which like... 
I feel like people don't really do that. Obviously, I think the world would be a better place if everyone from the jump was just like, yeah, I am not looking for a relationship right now. Or yes, I am looking for a relationship right now. But the way that he was able to be so straightforward and candid about it, it made me feel like I could also be straightforward and candid. So he said what he was looking for. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not looking for that, but that's fine. Uh, like, <laughs> that doesn't, you know, mean that we can't still have fun tonight or whatever. And then the other thing he did that I thought was really great was he just was really communicative when we did hook up, like very, very, very much asking every step of the way for consent. Like the consent in the situation was so ongoing. It wasn't just like, okay, like I'm consenting to hook up with you. It's like, okay, you we're, we've consented to hook up. Are you also okay with this? If I do that, do you like this? What about this? Like he was so communicative the entire time and it created such a comfortable environment for me. And I just feel like, wow, like 10 out of 10, I I just really, it was it was refreshing. That's, that's all I'll say. But let's like, just to get into more specifics. So what was really awesome about the fact that he was upfront about what he was looking for. It was kind of like, I think maybe even last week I was talking about this. When you feel like you're dating someone or someone is dating you in bad faith, like they know they're not actually looking for something, but they don't want to say it on the first date or like they don't want to like, I don't know, ruin the, make things awkward or weird or something. So they just don't say it. And then it's like, well, (laughs) what am I wasting my time on here? The fact that he, from the jump, was just like, listen, I'm not looking for a relationship right now. It just made it so much easier for me to have a clear head about what I was getting myself into. Because knowing myself and knowing my boundaries, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, knowing myself, knowing my boundaries, it's like, yeah, I'm looking for a relationship right now 100%. But I know myself enough to know that, like, I can handle casual sex if I want to. Like, I can do casual sex In fact, I like casual sex a lot. I'm just trying not to do it because I want a relationship. But in this circumstance, I was like, well, he's been really clear about what he wants. I know what I want, but I also know that, like, I'm attracted to him. And it made it really easy for me to feel like I was fully in control and making a decision to hook up with him because it's what I wanted to do. And then also I never it got rid of that, like, almost anxiety maybe you might have after hooking up with someone when you're like, oh my God, is like he going to text me? Like, is something going to happen from this? Like, did he like it? Whatever. Instead of all of those thoughts clouding my, my brain and driving me fucking crazy, I'm just like, okay, I had a lot of fun with a great guy. I, 10 out of 10 could not, I, no notes, you know, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not like overthinking it. I'm not like, was it weird when I said this? Cause it's like, I don't fucking care. I may never see him again, you know? And to be clear, I would love to see him again. He's a very, very nice guy. He's very attractive. And I think we had a lot of fun. But like, if we don't, it's not the end of the world for me because I knew going in that that was a possibility. And that just made it so much easier for me. It just took out all of that anxiety, all that worry of like, "Mm, like, is he going to text me tomorrow? Which he did because he's a fucking gentleman. But it wasn't like a, yeah, like there's no like, I don't know, sometimes when you sleep with somebody, and this is a full societal bullshit moment, where it's like, sometimes when you sleep with someone on the first date, it's kind of like, was that the wrong thing to do? Because like, what if now he only sees me as a booty call? Or like, I what if he did like me? Or I do like him, and that like made things weird? Or like, put too much pressure on the relationship in the beginning of it? Or like, should I have waited? In this circumstance, I have not one thought about that. Because I'm just like, okay, he's not looking for anything serious. So it wasn't serious. Like, (laughs) I knew exactly what I was doing going into it, completely clear-headed, no expectation. And, like, I am just able to be happy about the fact 
that I had good sex with a very nice person. And there's really, when it comes down to it, what more can a gal ask for in life? (laughs) No, but really, like, what more can you ask for in life than clarity like that? I think so much of what makes dating the worst and makes it so anxiety-producing is that there is a lack of communication about what we need and what we want and what we're looking for. When you are able to say what you want, what you need, what you're looking for, or even just know it within yourself as well, it's like, it's the easiest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like, it just takes the stupid, annoying guesswork out of it. Because the guesswork is the thing that will drive you fucking crazy. The what ifs and the, I mean, we talk about this. I don't know if we've talked about this. I've probably said it before that what's harder than breaking up with a boyfriend, right? It's like breaking up with a not boyfriend. It's breaking up with somebody that you didn't really date because it's like, you're losing all this potential, you're losing all these what ifs and like those what ifs and that potential, it's going to haunt you. But in a circumstance where there is no what if, you know exactly what it is that you're getting into with a completely clear head because not only were you able to communicate, but they were able to communicate. I mean, it's uh, it's refreshing. That's all I'm going to say. It's fucking refreshing. So it's something that we're fu- this what we're fucking looking for. I think the best thing that you can ever, ever do for yourself also is just know yourself. Like, honor yourself by knowing yourself well enough to know that, like, you can't handle a one-night stand or you don't like casual hookups or you do like casual hookups and actually you really don't want a relationship right now. You would rather do that. Knowing yourself and knowing the things that cause you stress and bring you anxiety when it comes to dating and then enforcing those boundaries within yourself, which again, we'll talk about a little bit later, Like, that is the best thing you can fucking do for yourself. And I want to dive into that a little bit more uh, when we talk later about boundaries. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about sex. (laughs) No, but why did I just do finger guns? Wait, you guys, when I... (laughs) When I... My friend Zoe came over to help me, like, get ready before this date. She was my old roommate. You might remember her. And... She left before me because she wanted to, like, (laughs) she wanted to see uh, me, like, seeing the guy for the first time because she knows how I am. And I'm so fucking awkward. Like, I am the finger guns, peace signs, weird. Like, I'm weird. Like, and I don't know why I'm weird, but I am weird like that. (laughs) She got a fucking video of me. He's, like, waiting outside my door of my apartment. I come out. I immediately, like throw out my arm with a peace sign and go, hey, (laughs) like so loud. Like you could hear me probably across the street. And why? Why did I do a peace sign? It is such an embarrassing video. I cannot believe she took this video. It is one truly one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, how many times have I done some shit like this? And it wasn't on camera. How how often was I? Do I just do this? One time Zoe convinced me and I still don't know if she's lying or not, actually, to be fair. That I I was a, I was dating a guy. This was in 2020, so we were not chatting at that time, you and I. Um, but <laughs> I was dating this guy that she went to high school with, and it was like really early in the thing, and I was like really anxious to see him. And I guess when I walked in, I just did like immediate finger guns. I was just like, yo. <laughs> And I I blacked out like I don't remember doing that because why would my brain let me remember doing that? It's so fucking humiliating, but apparently I did. And I guess that that is just in my nature because, no, I shot a full ass like straight arm peace sign. It is 
genuinely embarrassing behavior. But anyway, I did want to talk about sex. But before I talk about that, let me just tell you what the episode is going to do. We're going to have a little quick chat about why is it so hard to talk about sex. And then we're going to lead into a little chat about Boundaries 101, Boundaries for Dummies, the basic building blocks of boundaries. Now, I want to talk about boundaries a lot because there's a lot to say. But we're going to start week one with just like an overview. And next week, we'll go into more detail about different types of boundaries uh, and and, and examples and, and how we can enforce those and make ourselves feel better. We might have a little chat about the hot crazy axis. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. It's been making me laugh. Uh, and then that's going to be our episode. So without further ado, let's get on into it. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about sex, baby. Can I like make a confession to you guys? So I've been doing this for a living for a long time now, four or five years. I have spent a lot of my career trying to make myself more comfortable talking about sex on on my podcast. And a lot of that has just been like forcing myself to do it because I thought it's what I had to be doing. The fact of the matter is I am not very good at it. Like I I get squirrely. I get anxious. I get weird about it. Like it just is something I'm not totally comfortable with, which is fine. It's probably why like you if you've been wondering why we really haven't talked about sex on the podcast at all. It's truly because I am squirrely. Like I don't know. I I can talk about sex when I'm having sex. I cannot talk about sex when I'm not like do you feel me I'm literally anxious even like speaking right now like I feel weird about it it's just not something I'm good at there are so many uh incredible people out there they're doing great work and that are much better at talking about sex candidly than I am if you want to give them a listen I mean I've even done reads for the honey do me podcast which is great because they do talk about sex very candidly with experts um Sophia Franklin's podcast is I mean she talks about sex real candidly I mean, there's like thousands of TikToks and YouTube videos. My friend Claudia even does a series called Pillow Talk on YouTube where she talks really candidly and comfortably about sex. But Bestie's like, I just, I don't know if I'm the one. And I'm a very sex positive person. I think we should all be having great sex. It's just that I am. I don't know. I have a really hard time doing it. But I wanted to talk about it today because... Something happened to me this weekend at my date that I just was like, that was awesome. And I think everyone should be doing that. So let's talk about it. The great thing, like I said before, the great thing that this guy did, among among other great things that he did, because quite frankly, I got boned down and I really liked it. <laughs> why did I say boned down? This is why I shouldn't be doing this. But here we are. We had great sex. I had a lot of fun. He's really hot and we had great physical chemistry. Uh, every part of it was just 10 out of 10. I am covered head to toe in bruises, but in like a hot way. And um, I would, no notes. But the reason it was so great, the reason that I have zero notes is literally because the man knew how to communicate. And I was thinking about it. And every single step of the process, he would say, what do you like? Do you like this? Is this too hard? Can I do that? What do you want? What are you into? And that made me feel comfortable to not only say what I was into and what I liked, what I wanted, but also to ask him, like, what do you like? Is this good? Do you like that? Should I try this? You know, and keeping that open dialogue flowing 
that's how you have good sex. I mean, that's period, end of sentence. That's how you have good sex. It's just by like being communicative and responsive. And I've been thinking about it a lot because there are, I mean, so fucking many resources out there where, and it's, it's honestly, it's predominantly women who are like, here's how you dirty talk. Here's how you get on top. Here's what you should say to him in a sex. And here's, you know, what you should say when he says this to you in the bedroom. And all these things where it's like, why is it so, why do we have all these resources? Why do we need all these resources? Why is it so hard for young women especially to talk about sex when we're having sex? What is it that is keeping our mouths shut? Like, what is it that makes it feel like a a sense of shame about saying what it is that you like, what it is that you want. How many fucking TikToks have you seen that are like when he's been rubbing your left lip for 25 minutes? And it's like, no, I get the joke. The joke is very funny. I mean, who among us? Who among us has not been there? But that's the fucking problem. Who among us hasn't been there? Why is it so hard to communicate what you want? And why does it feel like it's something you're not supposed to do? I've said before that shame is the thing that just ruins our fucking lives. Shame is that number one emotion that like she's a mess. She's a messy bitch and she's out for drama. Like she wants to make your life more difficult. But we have all this internalized shame. I think it's just part of womanhood. In fact, I think it's part of personhood, especially when it comes to sex. I mean, we do for as much as there is like sex positivity and and whatever, we do live in a pretty puritanical society when it comes to, to sex. I mean, there is this idea that it's a private thing, that, you know, it shouldn't be talked about in public, that, yeah, we just, we don't have a very open-minded approach to sex in society. So it makes sense that we grow up with this sense of shame, especially if you have like religious trauma, you know, especially if you have that voice in your head that's telling you like, every time you masturbate, God is watching. (laughs) Like, like there are things like that that just stop us in our tracks from being able to voice what it is that we want. And for some reason, it also feels like is it weird what I like? Because you don't know, like you don't talk about it enough to know if what you're saying or doing is quote unquote wrong. The best thing I can tell you is that there is no wrong. Okay, well, let's take this charitably, take this with a grain of salt. But like when you're having sex within reason, what you like is not wrong. It's never wrong to tell somebody who you are having consensual sex with what you like and what you want and in fact it's what you should be doing it um it's what you should be doing but I feel like I don't experience it that often like I don't experience an environment that often that is so open and so comfortable about being able to ask and say and you know like all all those things that should be happening It, it doesn't happen very often which makes me feel like maybe men are also not are not comfortable doing it either, are not told to be communicative and are not told to be inquisitive about what their partner wants and needs. And I'm sure, I'm sure that that's true. But with all these resources about sex and about how to have better sex, the truth of the matter is sex is just, it, your, your entire sex life will be better if you just learn how to communicate. But it's not that simple, is it? You have these like fucking blockages in your head. I'm the same way. Like I, I get really squirrely and weird sometimes. But I think part of that is, especially when you're younger, maybe when you're in college, 
you know, a lot of your formative sexual experiences are probably with young people who just haven't learned yet how to make the environment comfortable and make it feel safe while also feeling like sexy and fun and maybe a little dangerous in a good way. And so I just have been so I've just I haven't stopped thinking about this hookup I had on on Friday night, mostly just because of that feeling of I can say or do anything, you know, like I am comfortable to ask him what he likes. He's comfortable to ask me what I like. And I'm comfortable saying what it is that I like. It doesn't feel like there would be any judgment. It doesn't feel like that. And that environment of comfort, like, you know what? I'm going to say it. You should not have sex with anyone who does not make you feel that way. That kind of comfort. For some people, that's going to be, you know, you've got to be in a committed relationship. And for some people, you know, it, it, it may not be. But you owe yourself that. You owe yourself good fucking sex. You owe yourself orgasms. You owe yourself... I mean, why are you doing it then? Like, (laughs) if you're not going to have fun, like, why are we doing it? What is it fulfilling? I feel like in college, I was... I don't know. Like, I knew I liked having sex. I knew I liked men and I wanted to have sex with men because I was horny. (laughs) But I wasn't having good sex. And part of that was because I didn't know how to say anything. I like literally was mute. I was like, I don't know. I just do whatever you want me to do kind of thing. I didn't know my own body well enough. I didn't know what I what turned me on and what didn't. I didn't know myself well enough to like really know how to enjoy myself in those situations. And I also was truly hooking up with people who did not care if I lived or died. <laughs> who were not trying to make it a safe and consensual environment. And because those were like formative sexual experiences, it's kind of like I expected that to be how it was for the rest of time. I thought that that's just what sex was, but it isn't. It's hard to talk about sex. I wish it wasn't, but it is. But I love the movement that we're in of just trying so hard to be open about these things. I am not ever going to be the girl who's on here being like, here's 50 ways to make your man come. (laughs) can't even get the sentence out without laughing but people do and it's great work it's important work it's it really is important work to just get yourself comfortable with with these things but like I just want you to know that sex is supposed to be really good and fun and comfortable and if you're hooking up with someone and you feel a little uneasy you feel nervous awkward you feel ashamed of asking him to like move his hand to the left a little bit This might not be somebody you want to be hooking up with because they are not creating an environment for you where you're going to be living your best life. And then it all comes down to like, okay, like what's the number one reason women often are not coming during sex or like when someone's going down on them or why are we faking it? It's because you get in your head, you like don't feel comfortable. You get in your head, you can't enjoy it, you can't get in the moment and then you won't come. And it's like, then what the fuck am I doing hooking up with you if I like can't even do the one thing I'm fucking here for? (laughs) If you're with someone that like takes you out of your head because you feel so safe and you feel so comfortable, that is that is what we want. That is what we're looking for. And I think we'll you you find that when you build that sense of trust and you build that sense of security, that like foundation of trust, security, safety, etc., and consent for sure, everything else comes easily. You know? I used to think I was bad at sex or something like I used to think I just was bad at it but the truth is I was hooking up with people I was not comfortable with where I was in my head I was uncomfortable I didn't know how to say like this position is not 
comfortable for me. It hurts. Or like I am, I don't, yeah, this, I don't like that. Don't do that to me. <laughs> like <laughs> I was not comfortable doing that. So I wasn't enjoying myself as much. And I thought that that was just what it was, but it's not. So I don't know if there's an answer that I can give you on how to make things more comfortable, on how to communicate. But I will tell you that there is hope. <laughs> Even if you feel like you are so fucking awkward, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. I seriously promise that when you're in an environment with, with comfort, it does come naturally. And that is how it's supposed to be. I don't think we talk about comfort and safety enough when we talk about sex. Um, we talk a lot about risk and danger and excitement, but like not enough about how actually sexy security, safety, consent, trust, all of that are to making sex better. Because how the fuck are you supposed to have freaky sex with someone that you don't even trust that does not care if you live or die? Like you can't. You literally can't. So that's just my musings on this. Uh, I am happy to bring on sex experts if you would like to talk, if you have sex questions or things you want to talk about, it's something that I'm not going to be able to do on my own uh, because I'm uh, the way that I am. But if that's something you really want, uh, let me know who you want to hear from, questions you might have. We absolutely can do it. Uh, I just wanted to say, like, these were just kind of my musings on having better sex and why it's so hard to talk about it. And yeah, that's really all I have to say to get today. Again, if you have questions, feel free to send them. I'm happy to have somebody on who's better at talking about it than I am. And we'll have a whole sex episode. It'll be like the sex episode. <laughs> and we'll have a grand old time. Um, but anyways, that's all I have to say about that. Let's talk about boundaries, babe. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel... Like, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LND. 
Damn, I was just looking at those pictures of Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson from the White House dinner. First of all, I love that sparkly silver dress. It looks so good on her. Second of all, that woman has hips. I don't know if that's natural, but the one feature that I find myself incredibly jealous of on other women is hips because I do not have them. I've got little boy hips. <laughs> I have my hips go out like an inch like if I if I had a baby I think my entire body would rip in half like I do not have a birthing body I don't <laughs> and, I, and I find that so like attractive on women is like when they have very wide hips um and then also it just like makes your waist look smaller and it's just a whole thing I wish I had hips if there's a surgery that will give me hips bestie I will do it <laughs> uh, anyways let's talk about boundaries whoa Oh, God. Also, can I just say I'm fight still fighting for my fucking life? I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram, but yesterday I was saying that I was fighting for my life. I'm so sore. I Every single part of my body hurts. I don't know what this man did to me. I mean, I do. I was there. But, like, also, why do my wrists hurt? Why are each and every one of my individual toes bruised? Like, what, what happened? Oh, my God. Also, I swear we're going to talk about boundaries, but I just just for the tea, just for the chat. Um, he did, um, he, he licked my foot a couple times. <laughs> and I, and I asked him point blank. I was like, do you, oh, like, are you into, do you have like a foot fetish? Do you like feet? And he said, no, which I find even stranger. No one agrees with me, but I think it's weirder that he doesn't have a foot fetish and he licked my foot, but whatever, like, <laughs> whatever. I, I did not find it sexy I just, it really took me out of the moment I was like why are you licking my foot because then I was also thinking like mm, I don't know how I don't know how good my feet smell I have long been cursed with stinky feet like that just it, it is what it is that's who I am <laughs> and uh, I was like oh my god that 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 is not that is not it for me bestie anyway let's talk about boundaries so I've been thinking a lot about boundaries. Obviously, I read that book and then I have been just seeing all these TikToks because I said the word boundary out loud and the algorithm knows <laughs> and um, all this stuff. And there's a lot to unpack when it comes to boundaries. It's something that we all have so much trouble with. But what I first wanted to start by saying is like a boundary is not a rule. It's not something that you're forcing somebody else to do. It's an invitation. That's the first way that we need to start looking. Boundaries 101, that's our first mindset shift. It's an invitation. It's not a rule. Because you can't enforce what other people do, right? Like you can only enforce what you do. So you're inviting someone to stay in your life. You're not pushing them out. I feel like when I have a boundary, sometimes I really feel like I'm pushing someone away. I'm saying like as though I'm like yelling at them or like being a school teacher and wagging my finger at them and being like, you can't do that. Or just being lame or being a party pooper, like ruining the vibe and the mood for everybody else. And it's just dumb because it's not, it's not, you're not yelling at them or pushing them out. You're just inviting them to keep being part of your life. Because if I say that I have a boundary, if I say I'm really uncomfortable with talking about X, Y, Z, and they still are talking about XYZ, you're not saying like, fuck you. You're you're saying like, hey, I'm going to not hang out with you then if you do that. But you can keep doing what you want to do. I'm just going to also do what's best for me. 
boundaries are about putting you first. Boundaries are about making your emotions the priority. I genuinely think sometimes we gaslight ourselves into thinking that we're being dramatic or we're being crazy for just having a boundary. But truthfully, if something is making you uncomfortable in your gut and your soul and you just feel weird about something, you're not being crazy or pushy or needy or weird. You're not ruining the party. You should listen to that feeling because something is off. And there's just, you know, life is short. Why put yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable? And I know guilt and shame, again, these are big parts of what makes boundaries so hard. You have this feeling, especially if you're like a people pleaser, that like you just want to make everything easier for people. And again, like you do second guess your own feelings. You're like, well, maybe it's not that big of a deal. But if it's like it feels like a big deal to you, it probably is a big deal. There's no scale of what a boundary has to be or like what somebody has to do. There's no um, universal rule of like, this is too far, but this is fine. Like it's completely different for each and every person. And again, at the end of the day, you are the only person who can enforce those boundaries and enforce what is important to you. And it was really hard. But knowing yourself super well helps you to make decisions. And it helps you to keep those decisions very informed. Again, what was really great to go back to, you know, integrate this with the date. Again, what was super great was that he said, I am not looking for a relationship right now. And I said, I am looking for a relationship right now. Those are boundaries. They might not maybe sound like boundaries, but they are boundaries. We were each saying what, what we were looking for. That's a boundary in its way. And then within myself, I was able to make the informed decision because I knew myself and I knew my boundaries. I know that I am comfortable having casual sex. I am very comfortable having a one night stand. It does not bother me. It does not drive me crazy. Like it's something that I am capable of doing and able to do. And because I know myself and I know that I have that boundary of like, this is something I'm, I accept and I'm okay with. Um, so long as we're both on the same page about it being a one night stand or about it being casual. So I'm going to make this choice with keeping in mind what my boundaries are, what my needs are, what he's telling me his boundaries are and what his needs are. And in that way, everybody's happy, right? Now, if I was a person who if my boundary is something where like I do not have casual sex it's something I don't want to do it makes me unhappy it makes me feel weird um, I don't like it I'm just not comfortable with it and that's my boundary that's fine and then had he said you know I'm not looking for anything and I said I am looking for something and he invited me you know to come home with him or whatever I could easily because I know my boundary just say like you know that's I'm just not really comfortable with that and him knowing that you're looking for a relationship would understand that that's your boundary and there's no there's no misunderstanding like everybody eats so i just again like i just found that so refreshing and so calming and it just makes life easier but you have to know yourself you have to know yourself really really well and that might take you a little bit of trial and error like you might find yourself in a couple situations where your boundaries are being crossed in order for you to learn how to make sure that you keep yourself from those situations. It's not going to be perfect right away because it feels really unnatural, even though it should be the most natural thing in the world. It literally feels so uncomfortable, so unnatural. You feel like you're being bitchy. Okay, like here's an insane example. I, <laughs> when I was in college, I had this friend 
who literally would make like an anti-Semitic joke all the time. Like she would say that things were Jewy or someone was being Jewy when they were like being cheap. And I was like, I'm right here. And I like always let it slide because even though it made me really uncomfortable and I was like, actually, I kind of don't want to be your friend if you're going to be like that. Instead of ever communicating to her or even just to myself that like that was weird, I was like, I'm being I'm being crazy. Like I'm the one who's being it's just a joke. Like I shouldn't take it so seriously, like whatever. And then I just never said anything and was constantly uncomfortable and also felt very uncomfortable around her because of that. And it's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) That is not a crazy boundary. Like no, no boundary is crazy, by the way. Whatever you feel is what you feel. But the fact that I truly felt that that was too far, that 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 me not wanting to hang out with her because of that would have been crazy. <laughs> like, who put that idea in my head and why? What is the little gremlin that's living on my shoulder and telling me that that was too much of a boundary? Like, what? <laughs> but that's kind of boundaries overview. The last thing I kind of want to say when it comes to boundaries is let's talk about like different types of boundaries. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about each of these boundaries in particular. And if you have situations that pertain to these different types of boundaries, we can talk about those and how how best to go about them, mantras to say to ourselves, etc, etc. So there's four types of boundaries, topic, time, physical and emotional, right? So a topic boundary is saying like, For example, I'm not comfortable talking about weight and body image. This is something I had to do with my mom when she came to visit the other week. I was like, listen, I love you very much. I'm really happy you're going to be here. I would appreciate if we just did not talk about weight or our bodies at all. Because (laughs) when my mom talks about my body, it makes me want to leap off a building. And I have to make that boundary for myself to say, like, you know what? I'm going to ask her politely to just we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about that. A time boundary example is just being like, I'm not available today. Um, I'm free after 2 p.m. or, you know, whatever it might be. Sometimes we feel like people are entitled to our quote unquote free time. Like if we're not working or we don't have concrete plans that, well, I should see someone. But learning how to just be like, I am free, but that does not mean I'm free to see you. Here are my time boundaries. Very important. Physical boundaries are things like, please don't touch my belongings without asking me. Please don't share food. Or even like, I'm not comfortable with hugs. I don't like being touched. Things like that. Physical boundaries also very, very important. Especially like with little kids. Teaching children that it's okay to not hug adults or relatives that they don't want to hug. That's really important. And the last is emotional. Emotional being like, if this topic comes up again, I have to leave. Knowing that like you're giving space for yourself to say, look, you can do what you want, but I have to remove myself from a situation in order to protect my emotions. Those are the four types of boundaries. And we can absolutely dive more into those. If you have situations where you need to figure out a way to set a boundary, you don't know what you should say, what you should do, how to frame it in your own head, how to phrase it, you know, or even if it's quote unquote worth having a conversation about or having a boundary about, let's fucking talk about it. In fact, I kind of want to do a whole jealousy episode next week. And I feel like a lot of jealousy comes from like an overstep of boundaries in some sort of way so we can definitely talk about that and I want to hear your specific boundary questions 
Because it's hard, man. It's hard out here. But I think the more examples we give and the more we almost do it like a worksheet, like we almost practice it together, like we get scenarios, you know, if Johnny has three apples, how can he tell his mom that he doesn't want to talk about body image? <laughs> like I feel like we'll do the practice problems together and we'll figure it out eventually over time. Um, so send me those. And we, we will continue. We can truly do one every week until we feel like we're comfortable with boundaries because it's something I am certainly working on myself. I mean, I can't even tell you, like, there are things that I wish I I had figured out how to enforce boundaries on because boundaries, like, it's in every part of your life. It's in your work. It's in your friendships and your relationships, your relationship with your family, your relationship with yourself. I mean, every part of your life is better if you know where those lines are and how how to keep yourself from towing them because this is kind of a harsh sentiment, but it kind of really helped me the first time I heard it. How, how you allow yourself to be treated is how you will be treated. You know, like you teach people how to treat you. You teach people what your lines are and how far they can cross them. And it's harsh. I mean, it is. But honestly, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, damn, that's so true. Because you can't force somebody to stop doing something, but you can remove yourself from a situation. You teach people how to treat you. Wouldn't it be a lovely world if everyone was just perfectly kind to each other all the time and actually could read minds and like just knew exactly and intuitively how not to hurt each other. But unfortunately, we don't live in a world like that. We live in a world where we can't read minds and people truly could be hurting you on on completely on accident, not having any idea that they're crossing a boundary because we don't feel comfortable saying that. You know, it's complicated to be a person. We hurt each other all day long. <laughs> We really do. We hurt each other all the time. No one in the world has not hurt somebody else. And like the more we're, we learn collectively how to talk about our our boundaries and again, not saying you can't do that, but saying I'm not going to be part of it if you do that. I'm going to remove myself. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm, you know, setting lines and rules for yourself as opposed to like yelling at other people. I think that that is the way that we all can be more respectful of each other and stop hurting each other as much, I guess. So that's, what, that's all I want, you know? I want everyone to fucking, why can't we all hold hands and eat a cake baked out of rainbows, you know? Like, that's, that's all I really want. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that is our Boundaries 101, the very start of it all, the chat that begins our journey into figuring out how the fuck we're going to enforce boundaries, because it fucking it blows it's so hard <laughs> but we're gonna do it together i'm here for you i hope you're here for me and yeah we'll be like a, a boundaries support group flirty little boundaries <laughs> okay let's just get into our final little segment this is a little silly a little fun let's talk about the hot crazy axis okay Let's talk about the hot crazy axis because it's been cracking me up. Have you seen this uh, on Twitter and stuff? Like there's, I don't know, it's like an online quiz. If you look up hot crazy axis, um, you can take the quiz. It's like 20 questions and it tells you how hot you are and then how crazy you are. And then it places you into a category. So it's it's from like how I met your mother, right? It's this like, this concept that, you can only be so hot and so crazy if you want to be like dateable, marryable, etc. Five and below 
on crazy and a eight to ten on hot is marriage material. I mean, look, I think it's stupid. I think it's obviously dumb. But did I take the little test and do a little dancey dance when I got marriage section? Even though I think I'm definitely crazier than less than five. Like, I definitely think I'm a 10 on crazy, but like, whatever. It just makes me laugh. Um, That the idea that, like, there's one particular way to measure either how hot you are or how crazy you are, as though, (laughs) as though we, um, as though everybody isn't hot in their own way and also crazy in their own way. I feel like I've come back around to using the word crazy. I had a minute where I was like, well, I still don't like it when men call women crazy. Anytime a man calls a woman crazy does not matter what the context is. I'm like, you shut the fuck up. She's perfect. But for me, I feel like I've come back around to like just saying that I'm crazy because the fact of the matter is I am straight up mentally ill and like I am crazy and I'm okay with that. Some people, you know what, they're not in their I'm going to talk openly about being crazy era and that's fine. There has been like a resurgence almost. There was like a moment where everyone was like, I'm crazy. And then there was another moment where it was like, actually, it's like not okay to say crazy because it's encouraging people to call women crazier. So like you can't say that you're crazy. And now I feel like I'm kind of back on the other side where I'm like, whatever, I am fucking crazy. I like... (laughs) genuinely and mentally ill so it just makes me laugh that there's this chart that's like oh guess what I don't even know and the way that they like measure crazy too the questions did not make them listen that's I think I scored low on the crazy test because like I'm not gonna go key your car (laughs) like but it doesn't mean that I'm not like neurotic and insane I'm a Jewish woman in her mid-20s with an anxiety disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder. I am fucking crazy. Like, it is what it is. Like, no, I'm not going to, like, be violent. But, like, I don't know why that is, like, what we're saying crazy is. Also, the fact of the matter is each and every one of us are crazy in our own little ways. I have never met a person who didn't have their shit. We all have our shit, right? Like, that's kind of the whole point of life is you're finding people friends and relationships, etc., who have the same kind of crazy that you do, or at least compatible types of crazy. Frankly, I think that's the entire thing with zodiac signs. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're all deeply flawed. We are all batshit. We are all fucked up, right? We all have our shit. And the idea is you're finding someone whose shit works with your shit. So this idea of there being a universal, absolute hot, crazy axis, like this is how to tell if you're hot and this is how to tell if you're crazy. It's like, I don't know. I think we're all 10 out of 10 hot and 10 out of 10 crazy. But I don't think that makes us inherently unlovable or undateable or dangerous in some way. It's just like you just got to find the right person who who gets it. Like I could never date somebody who does not understand that I cry like 24 seconds like I cry all the time I have different types of cry like a baby you know you're a baby cry and you're like that baby is hungry you know you just a mother just instinctively knows this is what my husband (laughs) needs to be he needs to instinctively understand that I'm crying because I I thought about the dinosaurs getting hit by an asteroid (laughs) and how scared they must have been like or you know something like that and know exactly what to do to help me crazy like that is crazy that you need to know whether or not to like feed me rub my back I'm aware of that a man who understands that if I have three glasses of wine I'm gonna try to suck his dick in a bathroom and then cry (laughs) both I'm gonna cry about my dog that died 10 years ago and you're just gonna have to hold me and deal with it like this is who I am I could never date somebody who um has even an ounce of that like 
inability to understand I am robot emotionless like could never date somebody who just doesn't understand that kind of crazy and I think that's crazy in itself being like no emotion that's fine that's look it's not bad crazy nothing is bad crazy we're all fucking crazy but that is just not crazy that's compatible with my crazy like I need somebody who can keep me stable who's like a stable person but like understands being neurotic, understands being emotional, and isn't going to, like, shame me, judge me for that. This idea that you are, I just, I want to fucking murder anyone who came up with this idea that you are somehow inherently unlovable or undateable just because you're fucking crazy. Like, we're all crazy. You are not undateable or unlovable. You just have to find the right person. You are always worthy of love no matter where you are at in your, like, healing process. You are always worthy of love even if you do keep, even if you have so keyed somebody's car. And I mean, I wouldn't maybe date a man who's punched a hole in a wall unless he's said like, yeah, I punched a hole in drywall. It was that was crazy of me. But at the same time, like when I'm really, really fucking pissed off, I will go and buy cheap ceramic plates from like the dollar store and then I will smash them on a towel with a hammer. So frankly, I'd much rather have somebody who punched a hole in drywall than a person that than that punched a person because <laughs> If that's crazy, then I'm crazy too. Like, sorry. I know we make fun of the drywall man, and there's good reason for it. Like, why the fuck are you punching drywall? But at the same time, why the fuck am I breaking plates? Like, <laughs> calm down. I don't think there's something inherently wrong with feeling a lot. Or feeling a little. Like, I think we just need to destroy this idea that we've come up with of what crazy is, what it means, what it looks like. And just understand that, like, just based on how world, how the world is set up, how we all grow up in this just, like, kind of batshit timeline, we're all goddamn crazy. We're all losing our fucking minds here. And we've all got our tics and our shit and our weird things. And whatever. Everyone's going to love that. If someone ever, like, calls you crazy and means it seriously in, like, a bad way, death penalty. (laughs) Fuck that person. Fuck that person. They do not deserve you. You want somebody who calls you crazy and means it in a beautiful, loving, and gorgeous way. Like, ah, you're so crazy and it's adorable. I love it. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. I just really don't care. Like, I really have come back around to being like, whatever, I, I am crazy. Like, I'm crazy crazy parentheses in a good way you know crazy parentheses non-derogatory it's not I don't think it's a derogate it should be a derogatory thing anymore at this fucking point especially with where we are with normalizing our mental health struggles calling someone actually crazy like and meaning it as like a bad thing it's like what are you doing get with the times (laughs) And also, you're probably insecure because you have not come to terms with your own fucking crazy. You think you're not crazy? You're wrong. I promise you, you are fucking insane to somebody. So you should take the hot crazy access test just because I think it's silly and fun and it truly means fucking nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's just a silly, fun thing. And I also thought it was a perfect opportunity to talk about being crazy because I am. And that's fine. That's fine. And I truly would never want to be with somebody who has not come to terms with their own shit. Like who has not. I'm not saying like they have to be. But I just somebody who can't look me in the eye and be like, yeah, this is kind of what's wrong with me. <laughs> like, This is kind of where my crazy manifests, you know, you know, like I know that this is going to sound insane, but I have to wear the same pair of underwear when the Mets are playing because otherwise uh, they will lose. 
<laughs> like that's crazy, <laughs> but I love it. I love I love when people have little quirks. I think we should just celebrate our differences and and the things that make us ourselves, and like not think of it as a bad thing. Just enjoy it. Um, and besties, my my crazy pals out there, that is about all I have to say. Boy, it's been an interesting week. I hope I recover. <laughs> I hope I, I hope my hip stops hurting. I feel like a 90-year-old. Every time I move, like every time I stand up or sit down, I groan like a thousand-year-old oak tree. <laughs> and um, yeah, I hope you had a really fun weekend. Um, I want to hear your boundary questions. I want to hear your sex questions. Let's talk about everything. If oh, And also, if you could send me people that you would love to see on the podcast. I've been kind of slacking and like not really asking people to guess. Um, just because I'm literally lazy and it's easier for me to just talk to you directly. But yeah, send me that. And you can always DM me on my Instagram or my Twitter. You can join the Discord. There's a link to it on my profile. And that's also a really easy way to submit questions for the podcast. My Twitter is holy underscore schnitt. My Instagram is ellie underscore schnitt. If you like Taylor Swift, you are welcome to listen to my Taylor Swift podcast. It's on Spotify Live every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. We have a live show and we talk about Taylor Swift lyrics right now. We are starting Evermore, which is really fun. And yeah, let's see. What's our song of the week? Okay, our song this week is All Your Exes by Julia Michaels. Because um, it makes me laugh and I feel like it's just a good a good lead into next week's chat about jealousy. Um, so that is it. Oh, somebody said... It would be really great if I had the song of the week as the outro song every week. Would love to do that. Unfortunately, I can only use uh, music that is royalty free. <laughs> Otherwise, it's very expensive. Um, so I can't do that. But oh, my God, I didn't put the playlist out last week. Oh, my God, I'm a monster. OK, I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I love you guys so much. I really hope you have a great week. I hope the sun is shining. I hope you go on your flirty little walks. I hope you get your flirty little treats. I hope you wear your cute, perfect spring outfit. I hope you just have a a great week this week. I love you so much. As always, have a good day. Have a good night. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope it's a good one. And I'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D.